Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are waiting on bated breath at, to figure out what the next move for the St. Louis Cardinals is going to be. Is it going to be the bullpen? Is it going to be a trade for another starting pitcher? We'll dive into the latest news around that. And should the Cardinals be spending more money in free agency and in the offseason? All of that and much, much more on the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. All right, so let's get into the latest rumors. The Cardinals, we all know they're interested in adding uh, bullpen arms, at least two bullpen arms, according to Derek Gould, the all-knowing wizard of the Cardinals insider group. Him, John Denton, Katie Wu, these are the people you should be paying attention to. Um, and there's several other out there, but those are the primary three. Bernie Nicholas, these, all these people. There's so, there's so many great reporters in St. Louis reporting on this team. But the, the latest news is that the Cardinals reportedly met with elite free agent closer from the Japanese league, Yuki Matsui. Um, Matsui, who is a five-time NBP all-star lefty reliever. He was in St. Louis. He visited the Cardinals. He's 28 years old. He has 236 saves and a 2.43 ERA. And he throws from uh, the left side. So that's that's always a good thing. So that would be, if the Cardinals signed him, that would be a guy who would pitch at the back end of the at the bullpen. He would be that 1A or 1B to Ryan Helsley's 1A or 1B. And it is well documented that the Cardinals are a little bit leery of Ryan Helsley's health. They believe in his talent. They believe in the ability, but his talent, but his health is the thing that they are a little bit leery about entering the season. Now, John Mosellock is on record of saying, you know, Helsley, uh, Gallegos, and Jojo Romero, that's pretty good back three to have at the, the end of the bullpen. That's pretty good three to have. And I would say, yeah, normally if, if you know, Helsley's healthy and if Gallegos can get back to form and if Jojo Romero can continue what he was going to, doing last year, yeah, that, that's great. But those are a lot of ifs. And it feels like this roster is built on a lot of ifs. And if the Cardinals, see what I did there? If the Cardinals sign Matsui I think it does a lot to shore up the bullpen I think I think he does show some uh, some dominating uh tendencies I, I mean la his last two seasons in Japan I mean 1.57 ERA 1.92 ERA and a 0 0.63 ERA in his last three seasons and that's with the the lightest load that he's carried or the fewest amount of games that he's pitched in was in 2021 where he pitched in 43 games. That's the last three seasons, age 25, 20, 26, and 27. Uh, in each of those seasons, he's pitched at least 43 innings. <clears throat> the Cardinals, I believe, are going to make a move in their bullpen. I think that's if they're going to sign another free agent, that's where it's going to be. And Matsui, could, that could be an option, and I think that would be a good option. I have no idea what the contract would be. I'm sure the Cardinals are crunching the numbers right now, negotiating with all the bullpen free agents out there, exploring the trade markets and doing the things that they need to do to figure out what the best options are. 
that's probably what they're doing. Now, when it comes to starting pitching, we're going to talk about starting pitching for the 2700th time on this show, on this podcast. The Cardinals need another starting pitcher. Will they get it now? I don't think so. I don't think the Cardinals are going to make a trade. I don't think the Cardinals are going to sign another free agent. I think they're entering the regular season training or spring training check on the starting pitching check Lance Lynn check Kyle Gibson check Sonny Gray we got Miles Michaelis man he's a number two no doubt about it he's gonna bounce back I think they're over over hyping their own players yet again Miles Michaelis I'm not so sure that he can be a number two but I'm sure that's what the Cardinals have him penciled in as right now as the number two is Sonny Gray an ace by today's standard, I mean, he finished number two in the Cy Young Award voting. He finished number two in the Cy Young vote in the AL. So, yeah, he's pretty darn good. Is he a legitimate number one? I got news for everybody. Those are those are hard to find. Number one aces are hard to find. Legitimate Bob Gibson players, they're not hanging off of trees. Ladies and gentlemen, you that you go play general manager and you go find an ace. All right, with without giving up all these prospects and without giving up all this cash, because we know the Cardinals now that the Yamamoto sweepstakes have entered in the three hundred million dollar range. Plus, the Cardinals are never going to be in on that. Never will be. Never have and never will. I got news for you. So where's the ace coming from? If it's not Sonny Gray, who was it? I I look around and that's a pretty damn good option. Sonny Gray. And he's going to be he's going to be a good pitcher in St. Louis. He's going to be really really good. Now is he a legitimate ace that you'd be happy with? Probably not exactly what you'd think of. He's not the Chris Carpenters, he's not the Adam Wainwrights. Those days are in the rearview mirror. But he's going to be pretty pretty good. He's going to be pretty damn good. He will be. So quit your complaining and cuz Sonny Gray is going to be good. Now the other two, I don't know. I don't know if Lance Lynn is going to bounce back. I think he'll pitch better in St. Louis, but I don't know if he's going to be, he's going to pitch a lot of innings, but I don't know if he's going to be good necessarily. Ideally, he's your number four, number five, Kyle Gibson, same story. I don't know how good he's going to be. I think he's going to pitch a lot of innings, which is good, but I don't know if he's going to be giving up four runs every game, five runs. It'll be better than what we were dealing with last year, I think. But those guys are four and five starters. Now, the biggest question mark to me in that starting rotation is the two and three spots, because I think Michaelis is a number three. I think you can make that argument. And I think Steven Matz does not fit in there. Steven Matz is a five. Uh, Kyle Gibson is a four or five. Lance Lynn is a four or five in a, in a rotation on a playoff team. If you want to say Sonny Gray is a two, fine. I, I think he's a one on just about any other playoff team I think he could be a one but then Michaelis is a three so that that leaves a big hole in the rotation still in my estimation now are the Cardinals going to fix that I don't think so I don't think they're doing it and this leads in a perfect transition in to the following topic uh, do the Cardinals spend enough money can they spend enough money should they spend more money well because there's not much news going on I decided to take a deep dive into the financials for the St. Louis Cardinals. Now I will, I will do what every financial YouTuber does out there. This is not financial advice, everybody. 
I'm giving you financial advice, but this is not financial advice. I'm a, technically a financial advisor with CPA. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm a dummy on a couch that loves baseball with all my heart. And the St. Louis Cardinals are my favorite team. I don't know diddly poo about finances, okay? But other people smarter than me have put information out there that I'm going to try to decipher for you to answer the question, should the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, the mighty, mighty St. Louis Cardinals that have this fantastic best fans, no question about it. I don't care what they say down in Wrigley. Best fans in baseball are in St. Louis. That's where they are. We have the best fan base in baseball. Uh, should the Cardinals be spending more money with their position in baseball? Well, let's dive into it, shall we? So the Cardinals right now, if the season began, the Cardinals would rank number eight in total payroll. But I will say there's it's a big but. The, the, the season hasn't is nowhere near like we're nowhere near uh, the start of spring training. So these and there's a lot of players left to be signed. There's a lot of trades to still be made. There's a lot of stuff to still happen in the offseason. And the Cardinals are sitting at number seven, I believe. The Cubs and the Cardinals are back neck and neck. Uh, the Cardinals are spending roughly $154 million as of right now, $157 million. The St. Louis Cardinals rank number eight in all of baseball for total payroll. Now, most of that is being spent on the Major League 26-man payroll. They are, if you sort it by 26-man payroll, they are number seven in baseball right now. But like I said... That's it's really early. There's a lot of moves that teams are going to make between now and spring training between now and the start of the season. A lot of trades, a lot of free agent signings and the Cardinals, to be fair, they might not be done. You know, they're they're reportedly interested in making some additions to their bullpen, et cetera. Um, but the the problem is um, so we'll see Like 2024. It's too early to tell. Uh, the problem is like last year, the big story was, oh, the Cardinals are were 16th in payroll or 17th in payroll. They ended, they ended the year number 17 in payroll. So it, it led me to believe, like, is there justification for the Cardinals not spending as much money? Well, according to Forbes, uh, an article online, Forbes magazine, uh, the Cardinals are the number 10 most valuable franchise as of March 2023 they are valued at 2.55 billion dollars um bill dewitt paid 150 million dollars of his own money back in 19, 1996 so i would have to think based on how many years he's owned the team if he took out a loan that's probably paid off i i don't know for sure i mean i have i'm talking out my you know what about that but i would just based on the numbers that i'm looking at here and the amount of money that he's made I would assume that's probably mostly paid off um, uh, the revenue. So the net amount of money the Cardinals made was 358 million, but uh, the operating income last season, this is income before taxes, before depreciation, before amortization, which is before people write off, basically before you write off things for taxes I had to look that one up. Amortization, you know, fun word to learn here on the podcast. Cardinals made $43 million uh, of operating income last year. Uh, and again, this is according to Forbes magazine. And over the years, 
Uh, the Cardinals, it says here, and according to this report, actually lost money in 2022 and 2021. Um, they lost 79 million and 34 million respectively. But in in previous years, in 2020 they made 72 million. In 2019 they made 65 million. In 2018 they made 40 million. In 2017 they made 41 million. 2016 59.8 million. In 2015 73.6 million. In 2014 65.2 million. You see, you see uh, my point here. And since 2014, uh, the franchise was worth $820 million in 2014, according to Forbes. And now, like I mentioned, it's worth $2.55 billion. And if you look at team payroll throughout those years, in 2014, team payroll was around $133 million. Same deal in 2015, $133 million in 2015. 145 million in 2016, 173 million dollars in 2017. So in 2017, the payroll was 173 million dollars. And in fast forward to 2023, the payroll is 174 million dollars. Uh and in uh so that's interesting. And in 2018, 165 million dollar payroll, 2019, 176 million. 2020 182 million that drops down to 20 to 88 million in 2021 because the team didn't play as that was the covid shortened season and then 191 million in 2022 and 174 million in 2023 so i would say if you if the total team payroll in 2017 which is 5 6 years ago was 173 million you're only spending 174 million in 2023 that should be that should be higher I would, I would think, but again, there's a lot that you have to factor in. The Cardinals were bad. So they traded away some players and the payroll might've been higher at the beginning of the year as opposed to the the end of the year. But the Cardinals were number 16 in payroll in the middle of the season. That's evident. That's true. And the Cardinals, you know, it's, it's no secret that Bill DeWitt is on record saying, Oh, you don't make a lot of money in baseball. Well, uh, the the Atlanta Braves made roughly $105 million is according to Jeff Passan. So teams make money in baseball and the Cardinals are one of the top 10 most valued franchises in all of baseball with a good fan base, really fan, the best fan base in all of baseball, always in the top five of attendance. They have a TV deal with Bally, which we'll get into a little bit, that could be affecting how the Cardinals are spending money. Um, but I, I think I think this leads us to believe that the Cardinals are conservative as an organization. They're they don't push the chips in. They don't really increase payroll all that much. It's really if you if you dig into the numbers going all the way back to 2014, they've only increased payroll about 40 million from now since 2014 until now and in that time the 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 valuation of the franchise has gone according to Forbes not according to Seth Dewald and his pocket watch calculator according to Forbes the valuation of the franchise has gone from 80 850 million to 2.55 billion dollars and and payroll's only gone up 40 million and it, it, in 2017 you're paying the same amount of that you're paying players and 2023 something doesn't add up it leads me to believe that the Cardinals should be spending more money on players and trying to win a world series 
That's what I believe. Now, is spending money the end all be all? I mean, we saw the New York Mets spend more money than anybody can, any one of us could spend in our lifetimes on a team last year, over $300 million plus on a team, just crazy ridiculous. And it led them nowhere. So spending money just to spend money isn't what you should do. You should be spending money in the right places. And the problem for the Cardinals is that when they've spent money, it it hasn't really worked out. You know, the Cardinals spent, a lot of people don't know this. Like I hear it a lot in the comments and I hear it a lot in the, in chats on shows that I'm on that, that the Cardinals need to spend more money on pitching. Well, they actually spent the number five most money on pitching in the major leagues, according to Spot Tracks. Um, so they actually spent a lot of money on pitching. It's just that money wasn't well spent at all because the starting pitching was among the league's worst in base in all of baseball. And th- those were the numbers. I think they finished number 26 in starting pitching ERA. So being able to identify what you should overpay for and what you shouldn't go bargain bin shopping on is a skill that a general manager needs to have. A general manager of a major league team needs to be able to identify talent and it needs to be able to identify which assets are going to appreciate and which assets are going to depreciate over time. So over the past 10 seasons, I mean, I'm just going to throw some names out. Brett Cecil, Mike Leak, Dexter Fowler, Andrew Miller, and in this past off season, Wilson Contreras. And I'm, I'm not even mentioning the the re-signing of Adam Wainwright and Matt Carpenter. And, and as much as we love Yachty, Yachty, they paid Yadier Molina $20 million. And there's probably some that I'm missing here, but the Cardinals do not have the best, the best track record in free agency. So when they have spent money, it hasn't, they've, they have not spent money wisely. And it, I believe it's because there's a certain comfort level that the Cardinals have with their contracts. It's the Wilson Contreras, Dexter Fowler. That's it. That's as far as we can go. It's that $80, $90 million. Maybe we'll dip into the, the low hundreds for maybe a Paul Goldschmidt, a guy. It's, it's a five-year con. I think Goldschmidt signed a five-year $130 million contract, 20, maybe $30 million a year. That's, that's kind of the max of what they're willing to go. They're not going to sign a 10-year $300 million, you know, Garrett Cole, Yamamoto type deal, even though maybe they should, even though as, as crazy as it sounds, the Yamamoto getting up to $300 million. I mean, in this market, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I tried to warn people on this show, these contracts are going to get ridiculous and the show. I mean that, I mean, it's just immortalized. I mean, it should be a statue on top of Mount Everest on top of mankind the Shohei Otani contract is ridiculous. $700 million, regardless of how you disperse it out, it do, that doesn't really make sense to me. I should do a whole show on that, of how that doesn't make sense for Shohei, because why would you defer money to avoid paying taxes on it? I, I want my money now so I can invest it, so I can, you know, because money later is going to depreciate, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't understand that $700 million contracts, but it definitely frees up the Dodgers. It gives them more flexibility, but getting back to Yamamoto, I mean, you should be viewing that as is okay. If we get this starting pitcher now, and by the way, the Cardinals should have been thinking about this five, 10 years ago, where's the market going for starting pitchers? 
if we sign this guy to a 10-year, let's just say $200 million contract, it, is the price of signing that contract in 10 years going to double? In five years going to double? What's what's the cost of doing business later on? And if we lock this player up, and yes, we're factoring in some some years for injuries because pitchers get injured, right? If we lock this player up now, we d- we have a starting pitcher locked in, young, and and the contract is probably going not make us money, but the contracts for starting pitchers that are in that tier and that caliber are only going up. We know that because that's the way the market's going. So you could make a case that signing a pitcher like Yamamoto, a top of the line elite starting pitcher is actually a really good investment, even though there there's going to be a couple years in there where he's probably going to be hurt, but he's by all accounts going to be a number one pitcher on your team. If it's a 10 year, $300 million deal, let's just say that it's $30 million a year. That's about what you're paying Paul Goldschmidt. Would you rather have a first baseman or a top of the line starting pitcher? And I get it. It's 300 million total. That's a total contract. That's extremely risky, but it doesn't, it goes all the way to 35 years old, not 40 like the Garrett Cole deal. So if that's, but the point is if the Cardinals would have identified young starting pitching, either in the prospects, if they would have made a trade, develop their own starting pitching, that's ultimately what you should do. Obviously, when you're an MLB general manager, you have to play this game of, okay, how much money do we have to spend? What's the risk that this guy's going to get hurt or, you know, perform to the level that we expect him to for X amount of years? Because, uh, and I, I still think the Yamamoto contract, whoever signs him, I think is going to be really happy that they did because he's only 25. It's, but, but these are the games that you have to play when you're in John Mosellock's shoes. So let's talk about that Bally deal because it's not really, oh, before we get into that, the Cardinals over the last four seasons, um, in 2023, they ranked 17th in payroll. In 2022, they ranked 13th in payroll. In 2021, they ranked 11th in payroll. And in 2020, they ranked 10th in payroll. And to me, this the answer to this question is very simple. Cardinals are the number 10 richest franchise in all of baseball. They have a great fan base. Their TV deal is uh, iffy right now. So I'll give them that, but there's no reason the Cardinals should be out of the top 10 in payroll. I'm sorry. And I know that paying players isn't everything, but paying up to get quality players on your major league team shows the fans that you care and that you're interested. And when you're last year, supposedly in a win now season, number 16 and finish number 17 in payroll and baseball that shows the fans that you're not as committed as they are, that you're not, you're not as committed as you should be to fielding a world series competitive team. And when you win 71 games with that number 16 payroll and baseball, you're going to tick off a lot of your fans. And that's what you've done. Not just because you've lost, but because the fans can look back on that and say, Oh, excuse me. You're the number 10 valued franchise. You're a billionaire with a B like you, your, your assets make you a billionaire because you own the St. Louis Cardinals and you're spending just as much on players this season as you spent in 2017. Uh, excuse me. What? Yeah. We'll be spending our money elsewhere. Thank you very much. We're not going to put any more money in your pocket because you're showing us 
that you do not care as much as we do. Fair or unfair, that's what fans are going to say. And that's what I hear in the comments. So let's talk about that Bally deal, right? And it's not very good. To be honest, it's not a, a great sign, but potentially there's a good solution, not necessarily for the short term, but but for the long term that was presented in, on Redbird Rants, which is a fantastic website. You should go check it out. Thomas uh, Gavain, I hope I'm Gavain, I'm probably horribly mispronouncing that, wrote an article published on November 30th, 2023. Um, Bally Sports, the now bankrupt broadcasting network, is now rumored to be cutting coverage of sporting events as a part of its larger plan to wind down coverage overall. Uh, and it says the St. Louis Cardinals and Blues will feel the effects of this downsizing in September of 2024. So, towards the end of this baseball season, is supposedly when Bally Sports is going to be cutting back their sports coverage as a part of their business plan to recover from their bankruptcy. Um, so Bally Sports Midwest is responsible for obviously broadcasting the Cardinals and Blues games. Um, but and and so this is not good, and this is who the Cardinals are affiliated with for their television deal. And this problem, I mean, you could argue that this is a reason why the Cardinals are a little bit more conservative potentially than they should be. Maybe it's because they're you know they're worried about not getting payments from from Bally. I don't know. It's a legitimate concern. And to be honest, I don't know enough. I, I, I did some digging. It doesn't look like anybody really has a full understanding of what's going on with Bally. Um, but it's an issue. It's, it's a real problem. But there, the good news is there's a solution. And I would like to know what you guys think about this. Just let me just let me know what you would think about this potential solution to the problem uh, facing the St. Louis Cardinals. And that would... Ne- basically being setting up their own uh, broadcast network and in the much of the same fashion as the yes network in New York. Um, So it says here in the article, the Cardinals and blues could form their own broadcast network, similar to the yes network in New York. Um, And an annual subscription subscription to the yes network is 24 99 a month or 239 99 annually. Um, So, and he gives a really good name here. The arch network uh, could be a good, name and this could you know maybe broadcast other sports in st louis like the mls game he talks about um so what do you guys think about that i mean would would the cardinals have their having their own broadcast network like the arch network combination with the team could that be another way to promote their own product i'd be interested to hear what you think would you pay 24.99 a month for the arch network if, if you if it meant that you got all the Cardinals games, there were no blackouts, they were able to solve all that problem. I view it as a potential salvation. <laughs> salvation might be too strong of a word, but a potential solution to this Bally sports problem. I would I, I know this for sure. If if you told me that the blackouts were going away, if you told me that my mom who lives in Burlington, Iowa, who's currently blacked out, can't watch any Cardinals games that she who would watch every single Cardinals game if she could if you told me that that was a possibility guess what I'm getting her for Mother's Day every year a subscription to the Arch Network so she can watch all the Cardinals games that she wants because she would watch every single Cardinals game if she could and so so would I I would get a a subscription as well because I watch every single Cardinals game that I can because we are diehard fans of the St. Louis Cardinals I think it's a fantastic idea 
but I want to hear what you think. Are you pro or con Arch Network, and would you pay about 25 bucks a month to watch all the Cardinals games on their own network? And you might say, hey, Seth, I would do that if they would spend money on some starting pitching. Well, they did spend money on starting pitching last year. They just didn't spend it well. Well, that is the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Five-star rating would be much appreciated. Thank you so much. Go Cardinals, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.